truth be told, the thing that keeps me motivated is I wanted to become an artist in the past, right? And I wasn't able to achieve that because I think it's not because I realized that I wasn't talented enough, but because I just decided to give up. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Questions With by Quest Ventures, the top venture capital fund in Asia. I'm your host Dorothy, and as promised, I will take us on a tour around Asia's burgeoning startup ecosystem. Uh, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Season 2 of Questions With by Quest Ventures. In today's episode, we will be speaking to the founder of Coxler. Coxler is a HR management platform which makes organization efficient, easy and accessible. Let's welcome Yejan. So Yajan, um, you're from Kazakhstan, right? Right. Tell me more about living there. Well, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me here uh, for this podcast. I, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, Kazakhstan, well, it's, uh, it's a pretty awesome place to live, frankly speaking. Mm-hmm. It's, I would say it's, uh, it's pretty safe, affordable and full of opportunities. Even though our country is relatively young, like 30 plus years of independence, we've managed to achieve decent results in IT, like uh, making our e-government, for example, really fast and responsive, mm. uh, like which we are trying to uh, actually, uh, you know, steal the ideas from Singapore. <laughs> I know that for sure. Uh, what I mean is like, for example, uh, it takes only uh, like 10 minutes to register a company, for example. Like, I mean, it's that easy. Uh-huh. Uh, like one day to open a bank account, uh, not to mention 100% digitized services for individuals that are available from your mobile app. For example, uh, since uh, this year, I think, uh, mm. you no longer need to carry uh, your physical ID cards. I think from mm. this year, they launched this. Uh, like you go to the airport, for example, you show your mobile app and show this ID card. So that is more than enough. Like, so you, you can just leave your uh, this physical cards at home. Oh, okay. Uh, we have that in Singapore too. Yeah. <laughs> so summarizing everything, if you have the brains and uh, will to do something in, in Kazakhstan, it's easier than in many other countries. I mean, of course, Singapore is still uh, the highest level. Uh, <laughs> but considering that we just recently gained our uh, independence, uh, mm. like I think we're doing pretty well. Uh, mm. In Kazakhstan, it's easier than many other countries, really. Uh, it, yes, it's uh, the corruption is still there. However, mostly it happens in the government area. In the private sector, I, it's way better. Like if we, uh, like uh, if we don't take into consideration large corporates, like there, yeah, you know, all, you might, uh, you know, face some corruptions, etc. But still, it's way better than it was like ten years ago. Uh, and Kazakhstan is trying to become a place of diversity, first of all, like in terms of mm-hmm. ethnicities. Like if you go to Kazakhstan, you will see different faces: Asians, Europeans, uh, Caucasians. Uh, uh, like any type of people and uh, nowadays I know that the government also pushes to uh, pushes people to learn English as like yeah. as a third main language so I believe like in the next five years uh, the majority of people especially the younger generation will speak English so like, it will be perfect place to stay mm. I love Kazakhstan uh, I hope to see uh, you guys there by the way someday <laughs> yeah someday um, um, part of our team is right there it is there right yeah, now right? yes yes yeah. When is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, it really sounds like a land of diversity and opportunity, which makes it very apt to be an uh, innovation hub. Yeah, there it is. So then, can I ask, how has your background shaped your entrepreneurship approach? 
Well, I think that uh, my background is not really what other big entrepreneurs uh, would have to succeed. Mm. Uh, but I studied design in Italy, by the way, industrial and current transportation. It's not mm. like, you know, what other uh, HR uh, founders usually uh, study. But usually they study finances, human uh, resources related things, you know. But in my case, it was design. Because actually, I wanted to become a designer. Always thought I'd become a great artist uh, slash designer. But mm. after two years of intense studying, I admitted to myself that I'm not as talented to continue in design. I actually could continue, but then I would become an average type of designer who would mm. struggle uh, to find my own paths in this life, not feeling satisfied. So I decided to go back home and start from scratch something new. In 2013, I uh, joined my friend, Asit who was running an IT company in the oil and gas industry. He was real crazy hustler, uh, getting million dollar contracts, uh, spending them and making more. He was the type of a person who could risk everything he had, but always managed to win eventually. Uh, that kind of mindset I fell in love with. I uh, like learning one important lesson. In Russian language, it uh, sounds like, uh, who do not take risks, uh, don't drink the champagne. Uh, so, and I, and I like this kind of mindset. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is how, this is how I was able to build my background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that's a great quote. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I didn't know that your background was in design, but it makes sense why, um, especially Cloxus branding is so well done. And I'm sure that that Thank really you so shaped much. your thinking. Yeah. So maybe, I guess, the design thinking skills that you may have learned in school to really like problem solve. Is that something that you feel had a part to play? Uh, that 100%. Uh, yeah. that, that is, that, I mean, uh, definitely that really helped me to shape my mindset as well. Uh, and like the way I see the things in terms of UI and UX. I can't say that we are like mm -hmm. perfect, but I, I would say that we are uh, at a pretty high level considering the resources yeah. that we had to build this. We mm. have like one of the uh, best looking UIs, I think, in the HR industry, mm -hmm, like in the HR uh, startup ecosystem. So yeah, yeah definitely a, a design background really helped me a lot. Mm. Yeah, all, it all seems very simple and intuitive, which therefore makes onboarding very quick as well. Yeah, Thank so tell so me more so. about Hopster. So uh, what's the story behind it? How did the team come together? Uh, well, the, the story of Blockster starts uh, like from the company I mentioned above, uh, ah, sorry, not that yet. Uh, there was another company called Americana Group, uh, and there was a guy called uh, Mr. Badawi uh, who contacted me in November 2015, like mm -hmm. asking if we can develop uh, like a system for them, time and attendance integrated with the fingerprint devices for all their restaurants, approximately like 60 at that time they were. Like now they have like over 100 uh, restaurants in Kazakhstan. Mm -hmm. and uh, they didn't want to buy like existing solutions uh, as they wanted to have like a fully customized and integrated into their ERP system. So at that time, uh, I think they they used Oracle, right? It was Oracle, not uh, SAP, it was Oracle. Uh -huh. and, we, and we agreed. It took us three months to finalize the pilot and get the contract. In June 2016, we managed to deploy the system in two major cities in Kazakhstan and received our uh, first money like building this uh, HR system for them. We, worked, we were working with their HR uh, admins uh, shoulder to shoulder, uh, like gaining the experience about how actually this thing should work for the for for, for large corporates. Yeah. And 
that time, beside me and uh, my co-founder, Sunil, uh, there were like two other guys, uh, partners, Arman and Sunny, who are currently our co-founders too. Uh, Arman is uh, uh, he's our CPO right now, uh, and Sunny, he's our senior Flutter developer. The product mm. that we developed was, uh, I mean, so successful, I mean, as we thought, and yeah. we received really good feedback from Mr. Badawi, the IT guy, uh, the IT manager of the Americana Group. So yeah. we decided to switch our focus and develop a new one and spread it uh, in our country because that, at that time there were no existing solutions who, I mean, in Kazakhstan, like the, the made in Kazakhstan. So we yeah. decided like, let, let's be the first ones. So uh, at that time, as I said, like there were uh, no significant competitors. So we thought that's our chance. However, we couldn't start immediately, like as we uh, needed money to run the company and had to take other, uh, you know, contracts to generate some cash while mm. we were looking for investors because we were a group of people who had to, you know, eat something while we, because like, you know, we were not really uh, regular startup guys at that time because we uh, more we were more like uh, freelancers, you know, like uh, mm. grabbing different types of uh, contracts, uh, building the software for. Uh, different companies and uh, we didn't have this startup uh, mindset so uh, in 2017 uh, like uh, by the way another guy uh, joined us Alexi who is our CTO right now mm -hmm. uh, also uh, there was another guy uh, Iman actually like there were more founders before in 2017 there was Alexi there was Iman also Iman was responsible for uh, uh, marketing and uh, in 2017, he applied for the competition called uh, Seed Stars Kazakhstan Startup Competition, something like that, organized uh -huh. by a Swiss company. So uh, there we took the first place and received a couple of proposals from investors. And we, uh -huh. we were able to raise our first angel uh, pre-seed money, like 100,000 uh, 100, US dollars. Uh, then uh, in 2018, unfortunately, uh, like my first partner, Sunil, uh, he left the project uh, due to uh, certain reasons because he, he was having another company in India. So he decided to you know, focus on that and move back to Mumbai, India. So uh, he left the project in 2018. Mm. Uh, later in 2019, Iman also exited the company. Uh, like, frankly speaking, we had a couple of, like we had conflicts with him. So, yes. uh, like, these conflicts were related to a vision of the management of the company. Mm -hmm. So, we uh, offered him to uh, to buy his shares and eventually he left the company in 2019. So, we are now four co-founders running the startups. Me, Alexi, our CTO, Arman, our CPO, and Sunny, our senior Flutter guy. Yeah. Wow. So, you guys sound... It sounds like you guys had um, mainly freelancing backgrounds. Yes. And also, Clockster started up from a project and then it evolves into something bigger than you thought it would be. Exactly. Uh, the point is, wow. we were lucky that we were, we were able to get that contract built, yeah. like a fully customized product for a big company with the high standards of the, uh, of the processes in HR. And, you know, gaining this experience was crucial, you know, building mm. Clockster. I see. Okay, and then was there a moment specifically that you guys realized that you were working on something special? Uh, it was January 2021 uh, mm -hmm. when I met a friend of mine from the fintech industry who shared his yeah. vision regarding the data that we gathered on our platform. Uh, yeah. Because like mostly we were focusing on F&B and retail with blue colors. 
and like we like uh, gathered information about the blue colors, positions, average salaries, contract types, uh, periods, like attendance, like many things. So mm-hmm. he offered me to go towards the fintech industry too uh, and rebuild yeah. the architecture of the app to turn it into a blue color database grows machine kind of to monetize through financial services rather than you know going uh, with the regular subscription. I realized that our at that time, like in January uh, 2021, we just had only 165 clients. And these 165 clients brought us more than 15,000 employees actively using system. Wow. So that uh, with all the necessary data to offer them something extra, like like earn wage access, for example, insurances. Uh, now in uh, pilot mode, we see that uh, one client with average of 50 uh, employees can bring like $500 per month. Like, you know, usually this kind of uh, companies like uh, barely pay $50 a month for subscription. But for fintech solutions, we can generate like 10 times more, uh, which is way, I mean, higher than the regular subscription, right? Which usually does not exceed $100 per month. So it was clear that fintech for employees uh, is is way uh, more beneficial than classic subscription. Now we built Blockster the way that it's going to act as a distribution channel to, to blue colors to eventually uh, offer uh, new monetization uh, uh, tools uh, through the fintech. So this is that was the moment when we realized that we have to totally change the, the approach and focus on something else in order to become bigger. Yeah, well, that's quite impressive how sticky you guys are and how much the model has um, changed, has evolved, even from um, regular HR. Yeah. Well, you see, like, frankly speaking, we right now, like we compare to many other HR uh, solutions, especially in Indonesia, uh, we, you know, like uh, they also go towards this monetization through the fintech uh, services as well. But uh, what we are trying to make differently is the way we onboard blue colors and the way we retain them in our ecosystem. Mm. So our main difference is that we learned somehow uh, to make uh, to build this kind of a growth loop machine that, you know, uh, keeps all the employees who have uh, resigned from previous companies to remain them in our ecosystem and push them to new companies to join them. Mm. So, so that we kind of are creating like a faster growing uh, database of the blue colors. This is what we were able to achieve in Kazakhstan. Like in one year from 15,000 employees, we grew up to 60,000 uh, just within a year. And in Indonesia, just at the beginning of the year, we had like only uh, 600 employees. Now we have almost 6,000. Considering that we don't even push much, like uh, in terms of marketing, because we're trying to save money because of this funding winter, etc., to extend our uh, runway. Uh, Otherwise, we would grow maybe uh, much more faster. Mm, wow. Okay. Thank you for showing me more on um, the, the ecosystem of Kazakhstan and Indonesia. So I would like to dive deeper into that. Then why do you think, um, can you name like three reasons why Kazakhstan would really be an oasis for startups in Central Asia? Uh, well, I personally think that in Kazakhstan, we have decent laws and regulations that allow any startup launch faster. Yeah. Uh, another thing is the community. It is very small, you know. Yeah. Thus, uh, it helps to spread the word faster to boost your growth. Yeah. To boost your growth, like uh, like for me, if I uh, like, even though I don't have so many uh, followers on Instagram or like on Facebook, like whenever I post something, I know that there will be so many uh, people who will reshare this, mm. and it will bring so many uh, impressions eventually. And it's yeah. just because the startup ecosystem is really tiny. 
I believe that uh, almost every startup in Kazakhstan knows each other in person. You know, mm-hmm. we have also Astana Hub. Uh, it's the uh, IT hub that uh, helps. It, it's similar to Magic Malaysia. Uh, in, in Singapore, I think it's uh, Block 71, right? Uh, who does mm-hmm. more or less the similar thing. Yes. So that offers also free co-working spaces, community and tax vacations for five years, where yeah. you literally pay only 1% of a total mm-hmm. revenue. That's it. So that that helps you to save uh, you a pretty significant amount of money, by the way. Also, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, we have a fastest growing IT ecosystem, uh, advanced e-government, banking, super apps. All this nurtures a great IT culture. So uh, people are getting used to it and implementing new ideas is becoming easier. So I think uh, all these aspects uh, make Kazakhstan a, a pretty... Yeah. A pretty good market to you know at least to to test something to use it as a playground yeah it's definitely great to have that lower resistance and so much support I love that um, there's really a huge co- there's a small community but everyone's just very together and supportive of each other right yeah and what about Indonesia so now you're here in Bali um, your team has chosen Indonesia as the first destination in Southeast Asia to mm-hmm. expand so why was it chosen as the first destination outside of your home country uh, let me uh, let, let me start from prehistory kind of yeah. uh, in December 2020 when we closed the deal uh, with Quest Ventures one of our agreements was with Jeffrey I remember uh, to launch in Southeast Asia eventually uh, yeah. the Kazakhstani market is good but uh, uh, even though it's not saturated with similar products, however, it is small and grows mm-hmm. slowly in terms of HR product uh, mm-hmm. penetration, especially in the SME segment. Uh, we could say uh, we could stay in Kazakhstan uh, and maybe in five, seven years uh, would reach a certain valuation where investors and I would not be satisfied eventually with. Mm-hmm. And, and the point is, the market has its limits. So, uh, like. It, it will be, you know, it would be considered as a waste of a time, frankly speaking. I mean, uh, the uh, the valuations of the Kazakhstani startups usually do not, you know, uh, barely reach like 10 million or 20 million. Mm. And now, like for Quest Ventures to invest a certain amount of money, of course, like they would happy to have something like at the valuation of 100. And that is only achievable, I believe, in such big markets out, such as Southeast Asia. Mm. Like, so uh, why Indonesia specifically? So, uh, why Indonesia? Like, uh, in March 2021, we launched our product on AppSumo, uh, the platform yeah. that promotes SaaS products with discounts or lifetime deals. So, we wanted to test our product outside of Kazakhstan before going anywhere else. And AppSumo was the best option. In three months after launch, we uh, sold over 160 licenses and many of them were from Indonesia, by the way. Oh. Uh, they also were the Indian clients, Vietnamese and Philippines. Uh, but among other Southeast Asian uh, countries, Indonesia is the biggest one, of course. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's full of competitors. Uh, however, we saw that there is a big niche of uh, micro, small and medium businesses that are still not digitized mm-hmm. at all. And uh, all the companies that you know purchase lifetime deal uh, of Cluxer have not used any HR tools before from Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So that kind of approved that even though that like, there are many uh, local solutions still like uh, there is enough space you know to to play around so like we decide why not we should we should try yeah uh, so uh, another thing is that you know like many uh, companies here they just need a robust uh, attendance and shift management tool and payroll 
Uh, and the point is for that, they are not ready to pay uh, 100 US dollars uh, per month on average. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, like for example, Talenta, they charge, I know, like an average 100 per month. Like they start from $100 per month per company. Yeah. They, they do provide discounts, but usually, uh, like even with discounts for a company with like 20, 30 employees, paying like $100 per month just for attendance and shift management, uh, it's not really efficient way of uh, spending money. I mean, according to the local culture, as far as I understood. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course, like one thing is the... Uh, like the, the price that we had to consider, like we could offer a lower price because our main goal was not actually the subscription, but the fintech uh, solutions that we wanted to sell. And we, mm. we thought that this market still have a huge potential, uh, even uh, considering that it's super saturated with uh, similar solutions. I mean, there's, there is a lot of space for everyone and it's bigger one. And uh, we thought that if we'll be able to take like 1% of, uh, in our niche, there'll be more than enough for us to consider yeah. it successful. Definitely. So, and, you uh, and plus, yeah, and another thing, sorry, to, to mention, <laughs> West, West, West Ventures is a Singaporean uh, venture fund with the uh, expertise uh, in, uh, in uh, Indonesia as well. So, mm. of course, we already talked to Jeffrey and uh, Yipi. Yeah. So, like, they're supporting us all the time. So, that's Definitely. that's another uh, aspect that we consider that we're not going there all alone. We have support. So, that's important. And they are helping us, connecting us with local uh, mm-hmm. players, people, uh, expanding our network, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are growing really fast. Um, you were saying that you had minimal marketing, right? So, I'm assuming that 160 was all just organic. Uh, the yeah, uh, not really. Actually, we spent some time uh, okay. uh, on marketing. Like uh, we hired one HR influencer uh, to whom we paid a monthly basis to uh, you know like raise the brand awareness in specific areas of Jakarta, and that yeah. helped us to onboard uh, a certain number of clients. Now we actually now we don't spend on marketing. We just hired like uh, eight uh, telemarketing people. Okay. We're just on daily basis, keep on, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, bothering uh, B2B clients, you know, calling them, offering this tool. And that helps, you know, that really helps. <laughs> cool. And um, so I'm hearing that Cloudflare had a lot of successes and there were really a lot of market gaps that you guys could fill and come into. But what about challenges that Cloudflare faced um, when first entering Indonesia? And then what was your biggest breakthrough? Uh, well, I think the challenges that we face are not uh, are, are the same as many other startups do face when entering yeah. new markets. Like one of them is localization of the product, uh, different rules, different regulations, uh, UI UX standards, demands and approach to clients. Uh, but it is not something we cannot do. Uh, it's just time taking and depends on local experts we hire to customize the product. Another thing is finding the required people to develop your product. Without knowing a language and cultural aspects, it's yeah. difficult to understand the personality. But I think uh, we were lucky to find uh, our first team members who are so passionate about what we what uh, we do, in fact, and they actually help us to, you know, translate. eventually yeah, translate uh, and make these customizations. And we see that as a result, uh, we receive good feedbacks, which means that uh, they're doing uh, their job greatly. And uh, you asked the breakthrough, right? Uh, yeah. 
Well, like we had one uh, in, in the middle of uh, June this year, uh, just within two days, more than 70 uh, middle schools uh, yeah. got registered on our platform. Wow. All from Pasuruan, it's the uh, eastern part of uh, Java Island. How come, you may ask, like a few months ago, there was uh, one middle school that registered uh, to use attendance and scheduling tools. After yeah. a couple of weeks, uh, we saw that they spread the word and, uh, I mean, we guess so, and yeah. registered another two schools. And then we realized that uh, there was some event organized by a chamber of teachers or something like that, where the school's, uh, school director was pitching Clockster to his colleagues. That Thank was, goodness. like, I mean, we could, uh, it was something surreal, like, because yeah. this guy eventually shared the pictures with us. Uh, like, in those pictures, we saw, like, there was a huge kind of classroom and, like, uh, I don't know, like, hundreds of teachers were sitting there and he was showing, demonstrating them how Clockster works, yeah. asked to download the app, he was asking them to show the app uh, to the camera, so he took a picture oh. and sent it to us. So, like, he's kind of our brand ambassador right now, you know, like, not mm. official, but <laughs> we never focus, focused on schools and universities. Even though, yeah. by the way, in Kazakhstan, we have six schools and uh, two universities, but Indonesia, we didn't plan to promote uh, it there uh, among schools. Yeah. But somehow, naturally, it happened that uh, it happened uh, on its own. And now we want to see how uh, we can push it further with uh, other educational entities throughout the country. And th this is this is something really interesting and something new, I believe. Uh, it, not, uh, none of these HR platforms that uh, Indonesia has in the market uh, focused on uh, schools or universities before like, mm. this approach. So we, we might become the first ones to, you know, uh, enter this niche. Yeah. Wow, congratulations. That's really a, that's a big thing. Achieved by Coxer, and it really says testament to the good, the quality of the product. Yeah, and um, next would be without re revealing your hand, can you tell our listeners what's in store for Coxer in the next one or two years? Uh, well, uh, I previously told that we focusing on uh, building uh, the fastest growing uh, database of the blue colors. Uh, one, one of the things that we want to help to solve uh, is the uh, the turnover rate of blue colors, and we want to help both B two B clients to mm. find uh, like part timers or like full timers wherever they need in their uh, industries. On the other hand, we want to help job seekers to find uh, faster, uh, better, uh, better jobs with better conditions, uh, with transparent uh, contracts. So we want to enter the niche of, uh, like we want to enter the gig economy eventually. Yeah. Uh, niche to, because with that database that we are growing, we can offer something to the market and we can try to solve them the problem. Because for example, the, the tool that we have like called OpenShift, it's like <laughs> when you have, let's say, a chain of restaurants, you create uh, like a, like ship, morning ship and say like you need 10 people. So okay. you can send this to your employees or you can make it really open mm. and other people from our database will be able to apply for that, like to you know join like a one-day job only and uh. receive money instantly. Uh, okay. We are already testing this in Kazakhstan and I believe we'll be able to launch this uh, here. Yes, uh, the point is this niche uh, uh, doesn't have like a, a prominent leader right now in Indonesia which, mm. because uh, the startups that are solving this problem, they just appeared recently, like uh, one year or like half, uh, six months ago. Uh, so it's a pretty new thing. So uh, I believe like we are uh, 
we are just uh, at the right time right now to you know to prepare ourselves and be one of the leaders eventually in Indonesia. We hope so at least. I see. So it will be a job seeking functionality. Am I understanding yes. right? It's a job seeking, but we focus on uh, uh, daily uh, job seekers who who look for uh, yeah. daily jobs only, like uh, part time daily jobs. Uh, yeah. and for uh, only for the open shifts in F&B and uh, retail industry mostly. I see. Okay. Wow, that sounds like a very ingenious gap that you're trying to bridge. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so Clockster sounds like a lot of work. Running a startup is definitely not easy. It requires a lot of perseverance. So right. my last question for you would be, what would be one thing that really keeps you motivated? Ah, uh, you know, this is actually the question that I wasn't prepared <laughs> for because I mean, like I I, I read this question <laughs> uh, the, the time you sent me, but uh, mm-hmm. it was difficult to find the right answer. Like, what really keeps me motivated? Uh, sometimes I think uh, that this is my family, uh, yeah. my wife, my kids. Sometimes I think I just do it for my own sake, like mm. you know, ego, <laughs> but. Eventually, uh, uh, like I, I, you know, before a couple of months ago, I was interviewed by uh, uh, another journal in, in Kazakhstan, and they asked me the same question. And I remember I told them one thing, which is, I believe, I mean, for me, it should be uh, uh, one of the what do you what do you call it? Mm. The truth, let's say, <laughs> truth be told, the thing that keeps me motivated is uh, I wanted to become an artist in the past, right? And mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't able to achieve that because I think it's not because I realized that I wasn't, you know, talented enough, but because I just decided to give up. This time, I, I promised to myself that the thing that I started, I'm not, I'm not going to give mm-hmm. up. I'm going to finish it eventually. And. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have so many uh, problems that you stumble upon and sometimes you really want to give up. But uh, I always remember this, hey, you already lost one time. Mm-hmm. This time you have to win, whatever it mm-hmm. takes. So I realized that this is actually the main thing that keeps me motivated is uh, the promise to myself that I have to win mm-hmm. because I lost before. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I see no, yeah, no, it's a good thing. This is why people say start failing early on, so that can really push you to push you through That's the true. push you push you through in the future. Yeah, and away from work, do you do anything for fun that really keeps you sane? <laughs> you know, like yeah, I'm I'm at the age of thirty four, and yeah. I still play computer games, like especially. Uh, I love that. Like the, the, <laughs> The battle royales like Call of Duty Warzone, for example, is my favorite, yeah. and I I love playing that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, I don't play it alone. I always like uh, call to my friends, and we play it like in group of like three or four guys. Yeah, we keep on chatting, uh, discussing something. So that I mean, that's something that uh, keeps me relaxed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, I'm not the guy who goes, you know. Uh, to karate or uh, gym or like uh, yoga <laughs> or like I don't jogging whatever I'm yeah. the guy who prefers to sit in front of the PC and play the games <laughs> that thing that keeps me sane you know <laughs> I love that okay well yeah I've come to the end of the interview this is all the questions I have for you but otherwise thank you so much for your time and I learned a lot more about Clockster today and what you do yeah thank you thank you so much thank you for inviting me it was a pleasure 
I'm your host Dorothy, and once again, thank you guys for tuning into Questions with by Quest Ventures. This episode was recorded in Pixel, an incubation and innovation space by IMDA. For more information, visit impixel.imda.gov.sg.